0: Welcome to the Good Bones Real Estate Investing Podcast, where building a thriving real estate investing business has less to do with subway tile and shiplap, and everything to do with whether you've laid a solid foundation to support the life of your dreams. I'm your real estate lawyer turned legal educator host, Bonnie Gallant. In my years building a multi-million dollar real estate portfolio, the most important lesson I've learned is that being a successful real estate investor isn't about secret strategies or ninja tactics. It's about doing the basic stuff right and staying laser focused. If you're an ambitious real estate investor or one in the making who's looking to build a real estate portfolio that's secure, streamlined, and creates a life you love, you're in the right place. Each week here on the show, you'll get clear, actionable, step-by-step strategies to help you build your real estate business and some tough love along the way to make sure you're not building a house of cards. Let's get started. Hey there, welcome to this week's episode of the Good Bones Real Estate Investing Podcast. This week, we are going to be chatting about scaling your investing business. And so if you're just starting out and maybe just have one property or you're just looking for that first property, but you know you want to scale, then stay with me because this episode was for you. But this episode is also for investors who have several properties already under their belt, and they're starting to feel the weight of all the work that comes with it because the reality is is it real estate entrepreneur, we have a lot on our plate. And as the CEO of our investing business, we, I think, quite literally probably wear a million hats. We're the deal sourcer, the deal analyzer, the contract vetter, the contract hirer, the bookkeeper, the property manager, if you know you're a self-managed investor, the financing Finder and you know so on and so forth. I mean, when you think about it, that term "investor" is kind of a bit diminishing of all the work that we do in our investing businesses. And if you haven't heard my rant about that term, the real estate investor, then go back and listen to episode one called "You're Not an Investor." But the reality is, is as a real estate entrepreneur and more importantly, as the CEO of your investing business, the number one job that like we can never outsource and never really delegate is to set that long-term vision and the goals for our investing businesses. And no one, no you know, real estate investing coach and definitely not me can tell you what that goal is. Because there is no right answer to like these big, hairy, scary questions about goals that we have to truly answer for ourselves. But, you know, anecdotally, you know, talking with a ton of investors, be they clients or just, you know, socially or on social media, I think that a lot of the goals that people and real estate investors set for themselves really boils down to two different things. It's that, they want to scale to either reach financial independence or to you know create generational wealth and some combination of those two. But ultimately, what that looks like is totally different for each investor. You know, I don't want to uh, sail around the world. That's not something I ever want to do. But I, I know that that's a huge why for a lot of other real estate investors. They want to live that nomad life, whether it's on a boat or in a van or in an RV or whatever it may be. But I think for most of us, it's that financial independence and the generational wealth that we can kind of give that financial independence or flexibility to our kids or our grandkids, or even if it's just a, you know a charity, can we have an impact on this world beyond you know our lives as we live them? And so across the board, if one of your goals is to scale, then the reality is that scaling you know, can be a bit of a blessing of a curse because if you don't do it properly, it can totally topple your entire portfolio if you haven't laid that solid foundation to build it on. And I'm really not just talking about asset protection here. Um, I'm talking about you know time and energy and enjoyment because you'll find, and I think a lot of investors do find, that real estate investing takes a lot of work. It takes... It's, you know, we're not just quitting our job and having this cash flow that comes into us at the first or the fifth of the month. And, you know, we just lay back and roll around in our cash money. But (laughs) I'll tell you that, you know, I wish that there was some, you know, insurance out there to protect us about going down the wrong path and, you know, creating an an investment business that's more headache than it's worth, but it's not out there. You know, if I make it, you'll be the first to know, (laughs) but it it doesn't work. We have to do that hard internal work first to make sure that, you know, as we're building and growing and scaling this business, that it's going to, you know, deliver what we set out for. Because I think for a lot of investors, it, it doesn't shake out that way. And you... You don't have to wait until everything's perfect to get started investing either or to start scaling because then you'll just end up in that indecision purgatory that we we want. You need to have that constant forward momentum. And so there's this, this saying that is, I think it's popular mostly in Silicon Valley, where it's called building the plane while you're flying it. And that's where, you know, tech companies, they often ship a product or an app before it's ready to use under this, like, ship it, then fix it, then ship it again mentality. And that's good in theory, because you do need to just kind of start putting yourself out there. But having a real estate investing business and being a real estate entrepreneur is really freaking different than being a tech startup. And it's not just because we, you know, we're not a turtle bun turtleneck wearing bunch. And um I think it's because in real estate, you know, the quote unquote fixing part of of that ship it, fix it, ship it process is really freaking expensive. I mean, it's blown timelines, it's lawsuits, it's tenant disputes, or it's a business that just needs, you know, more hands on support. And, you know, maybe you have a nine to five job or, you know, kids at home or whatever it is. And you just don't have more, there's no more time in the day to be able to be hands on in your investing business. And so fixing it is not, you know, the same as, you know, running an app update and, Unlike an app where you might not spot the problem until you know the code is out there in the user's hands and they point it out to you, we as investors should and need to be spotting these problems on our own and then also have processes to reflect and fix them as well. And that's what I teach my students in Landlord Law School, and it's part of what I call an offensive asset purchase protection strategy. But there's, you know, a million reasons why you want to be proactive in the strategy around how you build your investing business. And I've seen a lot of real estate investors go down this path of building out a portfolio with these hopes of retiring early or doing their nomad lifestyle or whatever, you know, FI looks like to them. But then they've found that their investing business is, you know, just as much as work as their day job, if not more. And maybe it's less glamorous because you weren't, you know, plunge in toilets or, you know, going out in the middle of the night to unlock a tenant's door at your day job. And, but creating that streamlined and secure investing business takes a lot of intention, and it doesn't just fall into your lap. And I think that's why we've seen a lot of investors fade off or sell their properties like we're seeing right now, is because they've created a lot of work for themselves. And they want these end goals of FI and generational wealth, but they get overwhelmed or frustrated or jaded, and then they sell it off. And that's what we want to prevent, because we want to be the real estate entrepreneurs, the ones to stick it out and grow, because we have the tools and we have the systems and the processes to do that, to grow and scale on our terms. And so I wanted to take a look at that process from a high level. Um, And, you know, what I think is that it really breaks down to a three-step process To create that streamlined investing business, and it looks something like creating the vision, breaking it down, and then reflecting. But then also having like the systems in there to catch it. Like it's you know very easy to say you know create your vision, and it's a little woo. But you you fundamentally do, and that's the first step. You have to create this long term vision to make sure that the business that you're building in every step of the way is in alignment with that end goal. And so, if your vision is to have you know a six or seven figure investing business, then you need to make sure that what you're you know, while you're building this metaphorical plane, is that you're building, you know, a 747 and not, you know, the Wright Brothers propeller bicycle with wings. And so the vision has to be in line with that end goal. And you also have to do that because, you, as we'll talk about into the next step, is that we have to figure out what we need in place to get there. Because if you want to be a nomad lifestyle, then you better be building out a business now that supports or will easily be able to integrate either an outsourced property manager or maybe you want to hire an internal property manager. It doesn't just have to be these property management companies that have a bunch of different investor clients. If you grow to a certain scale, you can have your own internal property manager. And so it's really important to make sure that when we have this vision, we then understand the business that we're gonna need to start Making today to have that. And so that brings us to step two, which is break it down. We've got to outline the components of what it takes to obtain that vision. Like, will you eventually need to hire team members or outsource responsibilities? Are you going to need to maybe get additional licensures for yourself? And maybe you need to reevaluate where you're focusing your networking activities. It's, you know, if your RIA is a whole bunch of people who are just thinking about getting that first investing business, then maybe that's not the right group for you. You need to be around people who are one or two steps ahead of you to help bring you along. And so when we're breaking it down, I mean, breaking it down. (laughs) It's, you know, building out workflows is tedious. And I mean, I'm, you know, a lawyer by trade, and this is, you know, kind of my zone of genius, and I enjoy it. And I like trying to, you know, creating these processes and uh, you know making them more efficient and more streamlined and bringing me closer to my goals of you know working less and being more secure but you have to write it down it can't just be all in your head because then you're not going to be able to either onboard someone whether it's an employee or a contractor or a tenant and so when you write it down you need to break it into as tiny bite-sized pieces as possible and What I call, this is often what's called an SOP or a standard operating procedure, where you literally know and you don't have to think about it, which is nice because you think hard once and then it's just there on this piece of paper or a Google Doc or whatever. And so you're like, okay, this is exactly how I onboard a tenant. Or, okay, these are all the things that I need to run through as a checklist when hiring a, when doing a rehab from, you know, hiring the contractors through giving the keys to the end buyer or the end tenant and also while you're doing that think about where you can start delegating think about what's your zone of genius and what is not and everything can't be your zone of genius i know you're you know a wonderful person but like at some point like you're not even if you're you know a craftsman or a tradesman you're not going to be able to scale if it's you the one who is laying the tile work or putting the roofs on the houses you're going to need to be able to start outsourcing and that is scary i mean it's scary you know for me as you know, a lawyer, the thought of oh, can I? You know, we have these limiting beliefs of you know, no one's going to be able to do it as good as me. But you know, good is the enemy of done, and so, <laughs> or perfection is the enemy of good, and just getting it done and getting it out there. As you're going through these lists and creating these lists, think about what steps fundamentally do you need to do, and maybe this list will change. But just think, you know what, down the line. I could have a VA do this or down the line, it's my goal to have a contractor to do this work or a property manager to do this work and just make that little note. And then also think about what documents you need to start building out those processes that you know you're going to use over and over and over again. And that way you can create basically a, a business in a binder or a business in a Google Doc that is streamlined and you can tweak and you can reflect upon it because if you're, you know, when and that'll be the next step that we talk about but when things go wrong, you want to see like where was the process? Where was the hole? Where was um where did things go wrong? And then you can just tweak it. You say, you know what? You know, item number 4 said to do x and that's where things went wrong. So we need to amend item number 4. And so yeah, it's, you know, not the sexy work. This is not, you know, going out there and picking out you know, the prettiest looking you know LVP that looks like beautiful wide oak white floors. But it, it needs to get done, and it needs to get done to make sure that you have the tools in place to reach FI or to create generational wealth. Because the reality is, is your kids aren't going to know what to do with this business either, or your grandkids, or your spouse, or whatever your plan is to do with these properties, down the line, it could just be retire. You just might be like, you know what, I'm going to do this until I reach X age. And then I'm, you know, picking up and I'm going somewhere else. And that is fantastic. But you need to understand, you need to be able to give that business to someone else to be able to run. And you can't just hold it all in your head. So once we have the vision, we've broken it down into the components that we're going to need. We need to also think about the team members we need to deliver those components. And I mentioned it before, it may be a property manager, it may be different types of lenders, a virtual assistant, the contractors, but you also have to think about who is wearing what hats and what is the chain of command and who is responsible for what. Because when there's too many cooks in the kitchen, that's where disagreements happen, that's where lawsuits happen, and that's just where stagnation fundamentally happens. And that's what you want to avoid if we're in this growth and scaling phase. Is kind of knowing, even if it's a husband and wife team, be like, you know what, you're the one who's going to be the tenant facing person, or you're going to be the one who deals with the contractors, or you're the one who's. Responsible for finding the properties. That way, everyone knows their role and their responsibility and the steps that they need to take in order to move the greater investing business forward. And so, once you do that, the third step is, of course, reflection. And so, you're going to want to create a dedicated space and time to. Record and reflect on where things go wrong, and this doesn't always have to be like a giant catastrophe. It could just be areas of friction or pain points in your investing business where you know things could be done better. Or yeah, it could also be where things have gone wrong, where you know you wanted to withhold a security deposit but you didn't give the tenants enough you know notice. That that's where you're gonna do. It's it's all learning lessons, and it doesn't mean you have to throw in the towel as an investor, but you do need to reflect and correct, or else you're just gonna make the errors again. And so my suggestion would be, as an investor myself, would be to schedule time to reflect on these items quarterly, but to keep an ongoing diary. And this doesn't have to be like a dear diary diary (laughs) with, you know, a little lock and key, but it could just be a note on your phone or notebook where you can, you know, jot things down as they happen, those friction points, those pain points And then reflect that on them with yourself or your partners, or maybe you even need to bring in like professionals like your insurance broker, your CPA, your lawyer. But it's important that you reflect on them quarterly so that you can understand where you need to build out or tweak your systems and processes. And I think you'll also find that a lot of these problems that arise are just preventable by either tweaking or adding new systems and processes, which is really good news. That it it doesn't have to get harder as you scale. It just takes a little bit more intention and thought around getting everything done. Because when you just you know when you have one property under your belt, it's very easy to you know spend three days running you know evaluating is this the right tenant or not or is this you know, the right paint color to pick. But at some point when you scale, like, you need to have the systems in place to know, like, this is how I onboard a uh, new tenant. Or this is the paint color that we just use in every single property. It's, you know, not going to win any sort of HGTV prize, but it gets the job done. It's a nice, respectable place that provides, you know, a secure home for someone else. And so getting into the reflection and, breaking it down, it's like a cycle. It's like wash, lather, (laughs) wash, rinse, repeat. And you just kind of do that over and over again. I mean, for good and for bad, it's, you know, not a process that's ever done. You can't just be like, yes, my SOPs, my systems and processes are in place. And you can just check that off your list. I mean, there's definitely, you know, heavy lifting on the front end, but you have to constantly be reflecting and checking in on them and evaluating to see what works and what doesn't work. And so just as a recap, the three steps to building out the systems and processes to be able to scale is to one, create that vision of what scale looks like at the end. And then second, break down all the components of what it takes to obtain that vision. And then of course, reflection, making sure that it's working, what's not working needs to be fixed and amended. And so Scaling is necessary. It's the necessary next step. Um, I wouldn't say it's necessary. <laughs> it's it, The reality is it's often the next step for real estate investors, but it, it takes a lot more intention than just finding and owning a bunch of properties. It's more than just like the title of having these buildings. You have to build the business around them for it to truly be a successful long-term because the reality is, is that's why a lot of investors end up selling at the end when they reach retirement and they never end up making, you know, that end goal of FI or passing it on to their children to create generational wealth but that's what we as, you know, real estate entrepreneurs are going to avoid. We're going to make sure we have this stuff in place now. And so I you know, I've joked with other investors that you you want each property to be a blessing and not a curse. And each Property really has the potential to be either, and so part of that is you know the back end systems and processes, but also a lot of it is you know the front end processes of making sure you've got your numbers down pat, and making sure that you understand the market that you're investing in and which direction it's going. But going along those lines, if you know that addressing asset protection and getting systems and processes in place is part of that next step for you, part of scaling and scaling is where you are going, then I suggest you jump on the wait list for Landlord Law School. Enrollment for that is opening back up next week. Um, LLS is not a coaching program. It's not you know, one of these programs that costs like $10,000, $20,000. Um, but it, what it is is fundamentally is a comprehensive on-demand course for real estate investors to get their asset protection in place and to build out those systems and processes on their own time. And so you can access it at your leisure and go through it and go back and forth and you know, as you reach certain parts of your investing career, you'll have access to all these videos and a ton of DIY templates and workbooks to help guide you through the material and actually start implementing this stuff in your business. Uh, when doors open next week, I'm actually going to be offering for a limited time free access to the entire module one of my course. And that includes six video lessons on asset protection and an asset protection audit for your business. So you can head on over to Bonnie Gallum. Slash five for this week's show notes. That's again my name, Bonnie Gallum. Forward slash five for episode five. Um, to find the link for the waitlist in my show notes for this episode. And so that's really it for this episode. I'm really freaking excited for next week's episode. I have Kyle and Lauren Clugston, better known by their Instagram handle at Rentals to Wealth, joining me on the show. We chatted about how they are scaling their investing business, how they're delegating and how they've been implementing customer service principles with their tenants and how that's shaking out among seriously like a million other things. We chatted for a really long time, but it's a fun episode that you're not going to want to miss. So make sure you're subscribed in your podcast app so that you get a notification when that episode drops. And so that's it for this week. I'll see you here same time, same place next week talk to you then. If you want to continue the conversation, jump on over to the free Good Bones Real Estate Investing Facebook group. That's it for this episode of the Good Bones Real Estate Investing Podcast. I'll see you here next week, same time, same place. Until then, go out and build the real estate empire of your dreams. Thank you for listening to the Good Bones Real Estate Investing Podcast. Make sure you're subscribed on your favorite podcast player to make sure you don't miss out on any future episodes. Now, this lawyer's got to drop the fine print real quick. This podcast is educational and not intended to be legal, tax, or investing advice for you. Please speak with a local professional for specific advice unique to you and your situation. That's it for this episode. Bye for now.